now presenting John Gabriel, the undisputed king of stuff. What is up, podcasts? You are listening to your favorite podcast host, John Gabriel, and your favorite podcast, The King of Stuff. Well, remember last week when I said I was sick, I had to take a week off. It was very difficult and painful because I had a cold. Well, I'm very late this week with this podcast because I got sick again. The universe is conspiring against me and against you, the listener of the King of Stuff podcast. So excuse the tardiness, please. I'm recovering from a flu. I would um, upload photos if this was a video format because it was a very lovely scene at Casa Gabriel, but uh, probably better off not seeing all that. But I'm on the mend and I'm finally recording this week's episode want to give a shout out to our advertisers today, Beam, an American musical supply. You'll hear more from them later. Well, um, in and out of my fever dreams and my hallucinations that I've, um, the vision quest I've experienced this week due to the illness, I've only picked up intermittent streams of micro stories going on. It seems like the big news now is Elon Musk is once again ruining Twitter as we've heard every week since he purchased that fine, uplifting site. But on Thursday, he started dropping the hammer, suspending, at least uh, for a short time, several journalists who apparently were sharing his location. There was some kind of a Twitter account that was tracking where his jet was flying and when, and he's experienced real-life harassment and people chasing him down and the like. And he's not a big fan of that for some strange reason, especially since he has about 34 kids. He has uh, more children than an unmarried NBA star, and uh, they're apparently all over the place, and he's very upset about this. So he suspended a lot of journalists, and this was the worst thing ever to happen in journalism, apparently, because this means he is not a free speech absolutist. Look, um, my view of Twitter is much like it was pre-Elon. It's their site. They do what they want. It stinks. I know. I, I just want people to be cool and to be left alone. But uh, that's not what these content moderators want. And it's their site. And I'm not going to get all stressed out about it. Um, there is a principle. Read your Stoics, people. There is a principle where you focus on what you can control and ignore that which you cannot control. And uh, it reveals or it relieves a whole bunch of stress in one's life. And uh, seeing people melt down for the past few days on Twitter, I'm like, wow, that really is good advice because just people screeching into the wind and, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be suspended and I'm going to take it to Congress. And Elon, you better do A, B and C or else I'm going to report you to the DOJ. Guys. It's just a website. It's not that big a deal. Most of my jobs when I'm freelancing places, it all comes from Twitter. I, I get the value of it. And I'm hilarious and adorable on there, I might add. Um, but yeah, it's a website and it's going to change constantly. And if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get nuked. And that's the way life is. So pull it together a little bit. Of course, the people most freaking out about this are journalists of the left who are used to Kid Gloves treatment, where they can pursue misinformation to their heart's content, and they always had fixers inside the Twitter organizations who would uh, solve any problems they might run into. And if someone was very rude to them, they would contact these people at Twitter, the journalists would, and uh, the harassers would be removed from the site forthwith. They really liked having that power. They don't have that anymore, and they're very deeply upset about it. 
Uh, so the media is just like full blown panic over this. It's pretty amusing to watch. It's like, do you guys remember? Gosh, it, it was in the paper a couple of years ago where there was this Hunter Biden's laptop story and an entire news organization, the New York Post, the oldest newspaper in the nation, founded by Alexander Hamilton, even. Um, they were suspended from Twitter. The president of the United States, yeah, he was booted off of Twitter. So, yeah, I don't think uh, worrying too much about Aaron Rupar of BuzzFeed or wherever the heck he writes for now, I, I doubt that um, is going to rise to the level of congressional action being necessary. I, too, would offer a lot of advice to Mr. Musk. However, I think first I would need about $44 billion, then I could purchase Twitter from him, and then I could run it the way that I think it should be run. Um, I don't think he's listening to a lot of randos on Twitter uh, whining about, uh, you need to do this, and you need to reinstate my buddy, Sam. And he's a good guy, and he only had 14 followers, but darn it, he was uh, cut out of the site three years ago, and you need to make it. Guys, he's a little bit busy. He's trying to get to Mars on the side while he's uh, managing uh, the kids on Twitter. So I don't know. I just can't get that upset about it. I saw people arbitrarily suspended, deleted, nuked, canceled, whatever on Twitter the entire time I've been on there. And there's rarely been any kind of an explanation whatsoever. And I just got used to it. And I expected, well, I'll probably get canceled eventually. And for some strange reason, and I'm still trying to figure it out, I was not booted off that site. I might still be. Maybe I'll say something that Elon doesn't like. But you know what? I think life will go on. And the panic on Twitter, too, seems a little extra incongruous. It's nine days till Christmas. Guys, okay, step off. Step off the website for a little bit. Spend some time listening to a fine podcast. Maybe that'll cheer you up a little bit. Yes, that is the big story in Twitter world. Hopefully everybody will recover. There's one reporter notorious for his bad takes, Ben Collins. He has been suspended as well, but not by Elon Musk and Twitter. He's been suspended by his employer. NBC News for being inappropriate with his commentary insulting Elon Musk. So I don't know if these reporters who are mad at Elon are we're all supposed to pile on NBC News now because they silenced his voice. I don't know. Just guys, choose your words a little more carefully. Uh, don't be a jerk online. You'll probably be okay. But you might wake up one day and your account's gone. And you know what? You get what you pay for. We don't pay anything to be on Twitter. Well, unless we have the blue check and we pay eight bucks a month. But uh, I have standards and I'm also very cheap. It should not be changing your life. I know it can be a fun site to hang out on, but man, people, relax a little bit. Have a drink. Chill out. It's going to be okay. Not that big a deal. One thing I've noticed, I mentioned it in a recent podcast, I believe, um, was there's always the exact same level of outrage on Twitter every single day. And it doesn't matter what on earth is going on in the news. It doesn't matter. So Elon Musk suspends a dude. It has this high level of outrage. If the next day, I don't know, Russia completely gasses with chemical warfare a village in Ukraine and a thousand people die, that will have the exact same level of outrage. They'll just drop this Elon guy and rush against Russia, so to speak, and attack them for a while. And then there'll be some horrible mass shooting. And then the exact same level of outrage will go to that. Then there'll be outrage about some natural disaster that happened in Bangladesh. Why didn't the authorities? Oh, 
I don't know if you heard that ringing. That's an appearance of Calvin the Wonder Beagle. He's uh, nice and jingly, getting ready for Christmas as well. But it's always the same level of outrage. And if Twitter is only making you furious and angry 24-7, don't get on Twitter. It's not really worth it. And uh, it makes it a worse site anyway, and you're just going to make yourself miserable. There is a little... um philosophy and life coaching from your friend John Gabriel. And one thing that's getting me in the Christmas spirit, of course, is the brutal cold that I have to face in the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, As you know, we have very difficult winters, but it's actually been for us very cold. It's dipping into like the low 40s at night, which for us is like Nanook of the North Territory. But with colder months approaching, nothing is more important than getting enough sleep, Those lazy summer days, especially here in Arizona, are long gone. It's time to prepare your body for cooler weather and busier schedules. I've actually been sleeping pretty well lately since I've been sick, but now my schedule is completely out of whack. Thankfully, I have a little helper in that department. Introducing Beam Dream. You know, we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder, their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. Well, today, my listeners get a special discount on a delicious seasonal flavor of Dream Powder, white chocolate peppermint. Imagine swirls of peppermint and creamy white chocolate, but only with 15 calories. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains natural sleep-promoting premium ingredients. It's triple lab tested, contains no THC, and you actually wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and that 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. All you do is you mix Dream Powder into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. This stuff actually works, folks. I've mentioned before, I've always had a lot of sleeping issues, and over-the-counter stuff never works. It either does nothing at all, or it ramps me up. I think it has something to do with being I'm pretty ADHD, and a lot of times those things have the opposite effect they're supposed to. But the other stuff that kind of sort of work just make me feel like I'm completely drugged up the next day. So I don't bother taking them because I can't waste an entire day feeling groggy like that. Beam is not like that. You actually sleep easier. You sleep sounder. I'm not waking up a million times during the night. And then I wake up feeling like I actually got a good sleep instead of completely groggy. So find out why Forbes and the New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. And if you don't love it, you can get your money back guaranteed. If you want to try Beam's best-selling white chocolate peppermint dream powder, it's only available for a limited time, so be sure to grab some before it runs out. Get up to 40% off when you go to shopbeam.com king and use code king at the checkout. That's shopbeam.com king and use the code king for up to 40% off. And thanks to Beam for sponsoring the King of Stuff podcast. Okay, the other big news this week, huge news, I might add. A few days ago, Donald Trump, not on Twitter, because he's not on Twitter. He's been reinstated, but he doesn't tweet anymore. He truths, I think is what they call it, over at Truth Social. A few days ago, he posts this teaser announcement saying, major announcement coming tomorrow. So people are thinking, especially as fans, what, is he like relaunching his bid for the presidency? Is he unveiling a huge new policy? Heck, some people are thinking maybe he's going to try to run for Speaker of the House. You don't actually need to be a member of the House to be the Speaker. Maybe he's going to do that. Everybody got all excited, wondering what this major announcement was. 
because this guy's running for president. The election's in two years. Well, he unveiled the announcement on Thursday morning, and it is NFT trading cards. For $99, you get a set of trading cards of poorly shopped, uh, poorly photoshopped versions of Trump in various superhero guises. Ah, Donald, Donald, Donald. It, everybody seemed very disappointed, frustrated. A lot of people, of course, were just making fun of it. But I saw a lot of Trump fans going, what are you doing? What on earth are you doing? Do you see what's going on around the country? Do you see the problems we have? You're doing this garbage? Um, so, yeah, it seemed like a lot of the uh, very loyal Trump people whom I follow online, especially on Twitter, but elsewhere. I'm in a few uh, group chats and the like with a lot of uh, very strong uh, Trump supporters, and uh, they were not happy. They were not happy at all. It's like, dude, you, you can't be doing this stuff. You're running for president. And, yeah, we know Trump's going to be Trump. He's going to be kind of the showman, the tacky salesman. Uh, this just feeds into the worst uh, feelings that people have about Trump, that he's just not serious about this stuff. So, um, yeah, not not going well. That was not really appreciated, especially trying to push NFTs at a time like this when everybody associates NFTs in crypto with just kind of scammy bad stuff. I'm not a finance guy. I can barely figure out crypto, let alone NFTs. But paying a lot of money for something that's kind of Intellectual content that exists online, I, I, I don't get the point. I really don't get the point of NFTs. I've never been able to figure them out. Crypto, I would love to see it work, but I don't really get how that stuff really has value. Anyway, um, yeah, you had this whole uh, crazy Sam Bankman freed with, uh, he was extra, well, they're trying to extradite him from the Bahamas, I think, or Jamaica. I think it's Jamaica. And uh, he is languishing in prison now under um, arrest from the by the DOJ. Yeah, not a great time to be pushing uh, imaginary trading cards. At least in the old days, you could get the little cardboard tasting piece of gum, the stick of gum you'd get with baseball cards. For this, you pay 100 bucks. you don't get crap out of it other than JPEGs of Trump photoshopped onto superhero memes. I, I don't, I don't know what he's thinking. I guess it's a money grab. The money is not going to his campaign. It's going straight into his pocket. So Trump, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I've said it before, but gosh, he just feels like yesterday's news to me. Um, it feels like the news cycle has moved on. And I know people are a lot of uh, very uh, strong fans. But look, if you think this guy is the best that Republicans can do, or to take down the Republicans, um, as many people want to do. We've seen, once again, the uh, lack of courage that uh, most elected Republicans have on any level. But I'm sorry, this guy won against a very unpopular person, the most unpopular politician in America, Hillary Clinton. And then he lost in 2018. Then he lost in 2020. Then he lost in 2022. Hmm, not good. And he's not making good hiring decisions if they're putting out NFT cards like this. It's just, he, he just does not seem serious about this. Like his heart isn't in it anymore. Um, I would not be surprised if he decides to bow out, especially considering uh, recent polling. Now, um, there were a few indications of this several months back with a few early states preferring slightly Ron DeSantis to Donald Trump in uh, prospective matchups in the uh, 2024 primaries. 
now it's spreading. Now it's going nationwide. And people all over the country, Republicans, are like, no, I think I, I prefer DeSantis over Trump. So that's getting to be a trend. It's still way early. You know, DeSantis might not even declare that he's going to run. Um, there might be some bad story in his past that uh, kills any momentum he has. This is way too early. Um, in 2014, people thought Jeb would be a contender. And uh, most of us back then were like, no. No, people are not going to want yet another Bush in charge, especially a Bush versus Clinton race. Nobody wants that in either party. But, um, yeah, not not looking great for uh, Mr. Trump there. Anytime anyone attacks Trump for anything, they're always blasted as you hate the base and you hate Trump supporters and you're being mean to him and he's a victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. Look, I want a warm seat at the Resolute desk to pass stuff that I like. That's what I want. Someone who can effectively pass stuff that I agree with, at least for the most part. Um, I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's a DeSantis. Get someone effective in there. And uh, I think this latest stunt has shown he's not terribly effective at getting done what he wants done. He can't even run this campaign right. Uh, but you don't want to hear from me a complete squish. Why don't you hear it from Steve Bannon himself? I can't do this anymore. He's one of the greatest presidents in history, but I got to tell you, whoever, what business partner, and anybody in the comms team, and anybody in Mar-a-Lago, and I love the folks down there, but we're at war. Mm -hmm. They ought to be fired today. You came out with something that's so important, which I still don't think gets to the heart of it. And hey, you don't have three harder cores than Cortez, Bannon, and Sub Gorka. <laughs> so when they're, and we're getting blown up all day on the set. There's another guy, too, a uh, very conservative site out of the UK, Unheard. Excellent site. Some good articles there. Yeah, once again, he, um, this guy, Park McDougald, he's saying this is the end of Trump. That's his headline. Some blows are fatal, even for the Donald. These are not people who hate Donald Trump. <laughs> they are people who have been on board with him since 2014, some even earlier, saying he's jumped the shark. It's over. Stop already. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see how he changes the stripes at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, instead of listening to me, listen to them. If you're still right on board with Trump, you know, maybe he'll end up winning the primaries and stuff. But please, if somebody criticizes something he does, he is not an enemy of the republic. He is not uh, going to be outed by Q. He is not part of a grand conspiracy by the rhinos. I can't be a rhino because I'm not even a Republican. I'm independent because the party drives me so crazy. It's not a huge conspiracy here. You want an effective person who can do the job. And if Trump ain't up to it, get someone else. I am not uh, I'm not very romantically attached to any politicians because I don't trust them. They're out for themselves. Oh, some good news. We always talk about border issues here, seeing as how I live in a border state, but it's still awful. It's still not going well. But what's interesting now is critiques are finally, finally coming from Democratic leaders, uh, mayors and governors, Democrats are finally now that the election's over saying enough's enough. The city of Denver, this is not a stronghold of conservatism, declared a state of emergency on Thursday to stave off what they called a humanitarian crisis amid a flood, an influx of illegal aliens from mostly El Paso, Texas. Uh, the leaders in El Paso have been uh, literally weeping on camera, begging Biden, Mayorkas, and Border Control to actually be allowed to do their jobs. 
Um, it, it's not going well. Gavin Newsom, who everybody assumes is going to run for president, either against Biden or against whoever wants to try to replace Biden, um, he is saying, too, that this is horrible. We cannot allow this influx to continue. It's breaking California. No, duh. Um, you should have noticed this 20 years ago, California. But now it can be told now that the election's over. Uh, people are getting very, very panicked over this. But Denver's mayor, his name is Michael Hancock, a Democrat, of course, said that we're on the verge of reaching a breaking point at this time. Uh, this, of course, is happening just before Christmas. Uh, not a great time to be pushing uh, cities or resources like this. Uh, Mayorkas has still been lost at sea. It's just really ugly down there on the border. Uh, meanwhile, locally in Arizona, uh, Governor Doug Ducey had put up, there were a few gaps in the wall that has been built so far, and he filled up those gaps with old shipping containers. And uh, people are saying that this is some kind of a crazy environmental risk and you're going to kill animals and what, you know, acting like this is the worst thing ever. OK, if you don't want the shipping containers, finish the wall. It's very simple. If the wall is good for the environment, finish it. Shouldn't be that difficult. We wouldn't have to be uh, propping up a uh, border um, or shipping containers along the border to fill up those gaps. But. Governors have to do something. Texas is doing so. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if California is too in the very near future. By the way, concerning the shipping containers on the border of Arizona, between Arizona and Mexico, uh, Joe Biden um, released this week that he is suing the state of Arizona to get these things removed. There are not even that many of them. I can't remember how many, but it's not like this huge train of shipping containers. It's just a few to plug up a few small gaps that uh, basically uh, immigrants are racing through. And uh, yeah, they're saying, well, some of this land you're putting these on are federal land and some are Indian reservation land, the Cocopa Indian Reservation, I believe. And so you need to remove these and it's destroying the environment. And uh, thankfully, Ducey, he is not backing down. Of course, um, we foolishly elected a Democrat as our governor. She will be taking over in early January. And she, of course, supports uh, Joe Biden being a Democrat. And I'm sure she will yank these things down toot sweet. Well, one group of fans of Elon Musk's take no prisoner style are kind of surprising because um, a lot of these people are very woke. They're not being terribly public about it. But in Silicon Valley, CEOs and leaders there, uh, the tech giants who built these companies are really cheering him on. Here is a, a longish quote from an article about this. The reporter says, as I've called around to C-suite executives and influential investors in Silicon Valley over the past few weeks, I'm surprised by how many people are rooting for Mr. Musk. And what they note is that um, he fired thousands of people and Twitter still survives. It's still operating fine. A lot of people said it would just collapse. But they see, and here's another quote, they see his harsh management style as a necessary corrective, and they believe he will ultimately be rewarded for cutting costs and laying down the law. Tech elites don't simply support Mr. Musk because they like him personally or because they agree with his anti-woke political crusades. Rather, they view him as a standard bearer of an emergent worldview they hope catches on more broadly in their industry. Here's another quote that kind of explains it. The biggest growth in a lot of these companies has been HR, people telling them what to do, what not to do, which meetings they have to attend, nothing that adds value to the business. And here's the quote. There's a belief that the people who build and run important tech companies have ceded too much power to the entitled, lazy, overly woke people who work for them and need to start clawing it back. 
basically don't cede all your power to some 20-something with blue hair in HR, run the company at a profit, provide a good service to your customer, and uh, the rest of the stuff will work its way out. As we look forward to 2024 and the presidential race, um, Republicans are once again reminding us that they stink when they gain power. They have not gained power in the House yet, but they've already undercut what little power they're going to have next year in Washington. The genius Republicans in the U.S. Senate have agreed to a spending framework for the next, I don't know, year plus, basically. So the Republican House will have no say in the budget negotiations for next year. They're just basically signing off to crazy high spending. Once again, backroom deals with Democrats, people like Leahy, um, who's leaving, Rosa DeLauro, McConnell met with them. It's just, guys, we are out of money. We're $31 trillion in debt, and they keep spending. But a good analysis of this was made by Rand Paul. Here's that clip. This, this brings upon us the lie that Republicans really are fiscally conservative. The Democrats aren't. They will not pretend to be fiscally conservative. Not one of them up here gives a darn about the debt. Republicans all profess to, but when you make them vote on the PAYGO resolution, pay-as-you-go, that we can't have new spending without offsetting it, they always vote to exempt it. So the omnibus will be 3,000 pages. We'll get it two hours before they want to pass it. No one will read it. But hidden in the 3,000 pages will be, we're going to waive PAYGO. So Steve Moore's right, it would take 41 votes. But the other thing is, 41 votes would stop the big spending. If 41 of us said no and held our ground until there was a compromise, we could force Democrats to reduce spending. We have completely and totally abdicated the power of the purse. Republicans are emasculated, they have no power, and they are unwilling to gain that power back. The only way they can get it, divide the spending into 12 bills and then decide to hold one of them hostage or two of them hostage and then apply policy changes in the house but they've got to do it they've got to capture this and we'd have to do the budget the way it's supposed to be the reason the republican base supported trump in 2016 was not because they're evil terroristic monsters it's because they are sick of republicans caving in when they do not need to you guys have the power of the purse the constitution is set up so Congress controls spending, not the White House. Congress controls spending. You guys, anytime they get power, they just want to give it away as quickly as possible so they don't get bad press or something. You're going to get bad press. Run into it. Fight it. And obviously, Trump didn't do much about uh, solving the budget issues. But gosh, guys, use the power that you have. That's why people send you to Congress to use this power um, to fight for your base. Fight for your base. If you are upset about Trump having such a large constituency in um, this country and in your party, give an answer to him by fighting for what we think is important for change instead of just ceding and uh, surrendering to defeat before you even a chance to fight about these things. Something important like spending should be discussed, debated for a very long time, not shoved into some omnibus bill that nobody has a chance to read and passed or else they don't let you go home for Christmas. It's just ridiculous. Now, one thing I'm constantly on the lookout for is good podcasting equipment, recording equipment, and also sometimes my kids, they like their musical instruments. My youngest really appreciates anything. We've got her, what, a banjo, a guitar, a mandolin, and a ukulele. So she really likes the stringed instruments there. And a great place to get them is someplace called 
American Musical Supply. American Musical Supply stocks the latest and greatest gear from today's top brands, everything for a beginner to a seasoned professional, everything for the podcaster, home recording enthusiast, guitarist, drummer, vocalist, DJ, and much more. American Musical Supply has the best payment plans. They approve more people and don't require you to open a new credit card. Just use one of your existing ones. Their payment plans vary between 4 and 18 months. You're pre-approved on their 4- and 6-month payment plans with no credit check whatsoever. American Musical Supply has four warehouses across the U.S. and provides fast and free shipping. They keep the best top gear in each warehouse and can get to most of the U.S. in one or two days. It's good to have these places spread across the country. So um, I don't know if you're in California, you don't want getting something shipped by a van from Maine or something like that. Uh, American Musical Supply also has over 30 years of award-winning customer service. So go to AmericanMusical.com and use the King of Stuff promo code KING to receive $20 off your next purchase over $100. Once again, go to AmericanMusical.com and use the King of Stuff promo code KING and you get $20 off your next purchase over $100. You'll want to spend a lot more than 100 bucks there. And hey, Christmas is coming up. Why not go to AmericanMusical.com, use the promo code KING, and get a loved one something very special. Thanks so much to American Musical Supply for sponsoring the King of Stuff podcast. Well, now that COVID is over, our health officials need a new stream of funding and fear. And uh, I don't know if you've read the news reports on this. I've seen them pop up more and more in the past few weeks. But the warning is about the triple-demic. It's a catchy new phrase, and it is trending in media circles as a way to get people to wear masks again, which is the wrong thing to do, I must say. But uh, here's what the triple-demic is, what they're worried about, and they're seeing this happen most places around the country. You've probably noticed you've been sick. Your friends are getting sick a lot more. A lot of people getting sick this winter. But the triple in the triple-demic is COVID-19 plus the flu plus RSV, and uh, they're straining hospitals nationwide who are being warned and making people very sick. Yes, this is a problem, and this is a problem when you prevent people from encountering bacteria and viruses out in nature for two years. You keep everybody locked up in their homes and wearing masks when they go outside, and then you don't build the antibodies needed to fight this stuff off. I mentioned I had, like two weeks ago, I had a cold, which is a really nasty cold. It, it's just like usually you get a cold, it's not a big deal. This one just like laid me out. Then I got this flu thing this week. Yeah, there's a lot of bugs going around. It's because we have not been um, getting our immune systems up to par because everybody's been locked away. This is going to happen. People were saying at the time, I said at the time, guys, you need to mix it up. It's kind of like um, in parenthood, uh, when my daughters were born, there was a lot of parents who were like, oh, we need to protect them from everything and any germ they might get. And we were a little bit more laissez-faire because like, if you protect kids from every single bug, they're never going to build their immunity system, which they need to do. Yeah, you don't uh, give them a handful of bacteria with breakfast, but being so overcautious about everything that they're exposed to, it hurts them. It doesn't help them. It's kind of like growing a young plant. You're growing a tree. You need to let it stand up to the wind and the storms and things like that. You give it a little extra help. You brace it with some extra boards or something like that, but you need to let it be exposed to the harder stuff or else it'll never grow big and strong. It'll never be a healthy tree. And it's the same with people. It's the same with all of us. We need to be exposed to all this garbage. 
um, I don't know, if, if you're a history buff like myself, you hear these horror stories of European explorers. They come to an island, they visit, it goes great, they leave, they come back a couple of years later, and half the population's dead because of all these weird infections and diseases that the Europeans brought. It's not like the Europeans are trying to make them sick. It's that they're from urban environments, then they're all locked together on a, let's say, a non-sterile ship, especially back in those days. And these indigenous people get exposed to all this crap they've never experienced in their life. And it was only after the fact that scientists were like, oh, that's what happened. That's what happened. Because they had no experience with these viruses and stuff. Uh, we're the exact same. We're all people here. And we need to be exposed to this stuff and get little bouts of sniffles and maybe a mild flu. So that way we don't get the next one, which could be far worse. So m many medical experts now are saying, well, this means we need to stay indoors more and we need to avoid parties and we need to mask up. No, that's what caused this triple-demic is protecting ourselves from other human beings 24-7 for several years. It's going to be a rough haul. And I've noticed, I've mentioned to my family, I had a, uh, we all got a cold last year, last uh, fall, I think it was, probably November. And once again, it wasn't just like a garden variety cold. It like flipping wiped us out. We're like, what on earth? It's just a stupid cold. We don't have COVID. It's nothing like that. Everybody in the family got tested. There was no COVID. It was just a cold, but our body had been so pampered and here in Arizona, it's not like we've locked ourselves away or anything, but still enough people are doing that. that The germs aren't circulating. So once they do circulate, boom, it's very bad and it's very ugly. So the absolute worst thing we could do is go back to masking and hiding out and uh, doing the lockdowns and the like. China has finally backed off from that and they'll probably be paying a very, very high price for that because they've kept people locked away for many years. The vaccines don't work great, um, so they are in for kind of a nightmare winter themselves. But we got to get back to normal, folks. That's the only way these triple demics, et cetera, end. It's like my dad said, you know, skin my knee, ride my bike or something like that. Rub some dirt in it. You know, it's just like, look, you suck it up. You, you got to do it. And this is how your body can take on future risks that will be far worse for you. Um, sitting like a vegetable in your house and not getting exercise is no way to live, it's no way to be human, and it's no way to be healthy, to say the least. Okay, song of the week, and I might be double dipping here. I think I might have recommended one of their newer songs a month or two ago, but look, I'm going back to them. It's an Austin band, they're called Narrowhead, and they're awesome. Just very good, straight ahead, rock and roll. This song is called Gearhead. love that loud wall of guitar sounds. Um, gets me going. Gets me going when I'm recovering from a triple-demic, you might say. So, um, hope you enjoyed that. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember to rate, rank, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you. Once again, in the show notes, I'm going to have a complete list of John Tent, my name substituted for content. Um, I hosted, guest hosted, filled in for Jim Garrity on the Three Martini podcast for two shows this past week. Wrote an article with a local paper, another one coming out tomorrow. So I will include all the links there. I wrote 
I don't think I wrote anything for Ricochet. Did a lot of editing, didn't do any writing because I was illin'. I was illin' and then I was chillin'. So um, you could check that out there, but thanks very much for listening. Enjoy getting ready for the holidays. We will be broadcasting next week before Christmas. I was going to recommend a Christmas song this time, but I'm like, eh, it's a little too early yet. So we will do that next week. But thanks very much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Ricochet. Join the conversation.